I've been on holidays, as some of you know, and while I was gone, they did this really weird background. Actually, I really like it. And, uh, but all you OCD people, I bet you you want to iron that cloth, right? It's really wrinkly. Now you're not going to stop thinking about it if you do have OCD. You're going to be like, where's the iron? Where's the iron? Uh, I had a really good time away, especially Pastor Michael, the youth pastor. He had to preach about the worms passage. And there wasn't a conspiracy, honestly there wasn't, but he did an excellent job and I'm very glad that uh, he took that passage, I really am glad about that. So I was on holidays for three weeks and I spent a few days in a fairly rustic cabin at Mount Robson. And uh, the first thing I will tell you is there was no cell coverage, no radio stations, no television, and for about two days I was vibrating because I wanted to know. Uh, my imagination, it goes. I'm a preacher. And I started imagining that the entire world, that there was nuclear bo- bombs and, and everything had come to an end. And I would know, and I'd be driving out, and I'd come to the edge of the road, and there'd be a cliff, and there would be no world left. I mean, my mind was just going. I was, I was just vibrating. I, I couldn't wait to go to the info center at Mount Robson and just pick up a little bit of news. Isn't it crazy How being connected is wearing away at our souls. As I was at the cabin, I was informed that they had a, well, they joked and said it was a pet bear. And I need to tell you that I have a fear of bears. Uh, My fear of bears goes back to my childhood. And I remember twice as a child going so fast and climbing a pole so fast, one case I left my little brother to be eaten by the bear. And the other case, I left all my siblings to be eaten by the bear. I, I was a really good guy. And, uh, but I have a fear that's embedded in my soul. In fact, the fear is so great that I was being so kind when I was dating my wife. This, I'm surprised she married me after this. I took her two younger brothers camping. And we're sleeping in a tent in the mountains. And I kept hearing bears in the bush, I was sure. So about two in the morning, I moved us all into the station wagon when we, we slept upright in the station wagon. And uh, it's amazing. I think they still both camp. But my wife still married me. So I'm at this cabin, and I'm glad to say the bear was on holidays. I never saw him at all. I didn't go looking for him, I will tell you that. But uh, the truth is, and why do I tell you that whole story, is we all have experiences... Let me be a little more blunt. We all have soul wounds. And we can joke a little bit about my fear of bears, and just because I acknowledge it or admit it doesn't mean that I'm gonna go out and make myself available to bears. I have this fear, I have this soul wound. But I can tell you there is one in this world, our Heavenly Father, who has sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, who is about to change your heart and change your life. And I've been in the faith a long time, and he's still doing incredible stuff for me. I'm still finding soul wounds, I'm discovering soul wounds, and I'm getting them healed. I'm I'm understanding and experiencing the Holy Spirit and and his reassuring words and, and his empowering spirit even in the midst of my fears and my hurts and my pains. The book of Acts, we've just been enjoying it so thoroughly. 
And friends, we all desperately need God and the Holy Spirit. And we have seen through and through in the stories of the early church, as people with soul wounds, people with backgrounds come forth and are transformed and changed and begin to hear from God in powerful and significant ways. And today's text, friends, will not disappoint you. Turn to Acts chapter 13, and we're gonna be going through the entire chapter, although I have selectively chosen to edit and skip out a bunch of verses. And in fact, the verses that I skip out, they're really awesome passages that teach about how we can reach out to a culturally different people, how we can be sensitive to their backgrounds, to their soul wounds, but we're gonna skip out some of that stuff because I need to get through the whole chapter this morning and I guarantee you it's gonna be incredible. Let's bow our heads and pray. <laughs> Heavenly Father, 2,000 years ago, well, actually at creation, the scripture declares, you already had begun a plan for your fallen creation man. And you have woven this thread throughout all of our existence. And out of the lineage of David who you rose up, out of the lineage of David who you appointed, you have brought Jesus Christ our Savior. And my prayer this morning, if there's somebody here that just needs to lean a little bit harder into who you are, Maybe for somebody here, this will be the first time they say, yes, Jesus, I believe. Maybe for others, it's a, it's a reigniting or, or just a few more steps closer into a relationship with you. Help us, God, to get to the point where we hear your voice, where we are filled with your spirit, where our fears are, are literally melting away. And we become people with changed hearts and changed lives. Not conforming any longer to the patterns of this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our minds. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. So Acts chapter 13, starting at verse one, we're going to first and foremost discover that worshiping the Lord and fasting, it, it opens up our ears. Listen to what it says. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. I could preach a whole sermon on that. Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, which is another whole interesting story, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, did you hear that? While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, I don't wanna go there for a moment, I just wanna point something out. A lot of us will say, I have not heard the voice of God, or I've not heard the voice of God in a long time. I want to argue from the text today, point number one, have you actually exercised any spiritual disciplines lately? Because honestly, sometimes we need to go to a cabin in the woods 
and disconnect ourselves and start some worshiping. Worshiping, friends, is like, it, it's like a prompting thing. It's like a, a catalyst thing. It's, it's like when I was younger and my little motorbike wouldn't start and I sprayed this ether in the air intake and then I would start it up and room it would go. Worship is like that and, and fasting is even more like that. It, it helps clear our minds. I don't know if you're aware how much blood your body uses just to digest food, but when we fast, it, it clears our minds. It helps us to think clearer. And of course, there's all sorts of other disciplines not mentioned like prayer, Bible reading. If you're not hearing from God, let me challenge you first and foremost, start practicing some disciplines. In this case, worship and fasting. So while they were worshiping and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, now Saul, that's the Apostle Paul, for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Whether that placing hands on has any spiritual significance, which I believe it does, but more than anything, it has an emotional connection where we as a church are sending out Keith and Ruth Snyder 40 years ago. Or Colette Baudet uh, about 36 years ago. Or, or more recently, Tristan and Ashley Cruz. Uh, we have sent out, we have laid hands, we have sought the Holy Spirit. And we have listened. So let me ask you. Do you ever set aside some time in a day to hear God? I mean, you might be wondering, my life feels so empty and clogged up. I'm not getting satisfaction from what I'm doing. And I will say to you, do you hear God? Have you ever had somebody talk to you while they're texting, just asking? Uh, by the way, that's my guilty thing. I got a little bit of my own medicine last week. I had had something really exciting happen to me. I think it was with my little convertible car that I bought, and I couldn't wait to sit down with my wife and tell her this story, and she was texting. And by the way, she never does this. When she sits down to talk with me, or if I sit down, she puts her phone aside, and I don't even remember why she kept texting but I was getting a little annoyed. In fact, at one point she goes, oh, sorry, sorry, I wasn't listening, I was texting, and I was getting a little angry at this point. I, I will tell you, I think in her texting conversation it was pretty intense too, and she didn't want to let it go, and she maybe could have said, well, just a minute, i got to finish this text. But I was sitting there, and, and she was so distracted. She was so off in something else. I could have told her the house was on fire, and she wouldn't have noticed you know what I'm afraid of? I, I, I wonder if God has been telling you the house is on fire. And you've been going, well, well God doesn't speak to me. Uh, this morning I was in the office a little bit early and uh, we have a bit of a pre-training class where people are gonna be leading small groups in the fall and it's a series that we're going to be doing calling, called Hearing God and I was sort of listening to the presenter, Pastor Ray from uh, Manitoba and I was going, oh, I love this stuff. And I could see the people in the room, their eyes were big and they were watching and they, they were thinking. 
And I will tell you that as we start to hear the voice of God, it can be a little scary. And I've confessed to you some of my own story how I was a little bit afraid. I, I might get it wrong. And I will say that after all my years of trying to hear the Holy Spirit, I probably only get about 80% right. That's why I read my Bible. That's why I, I spend time in praise. That's why I come to church and I surround myself with wise Christian people. Because I want to hear the voice of God and I want to say to people, you know, I, I had this vision or, or I had this picture or I had this scripture come to me. Well, do you think, this is what I'm thinking it's saying, what do you think? And I can tell you the elders board, we just met last night for a bit of a barbecue and we ended in prayer. And my little group as we prayed, it was so wonderful for us to be going, so what is God saying? Can you imagine your life and as we read the text, can you imagine your life if you could hear God like what we're about to see happen? The next part of the text is so incredible. The Holy Spirit actually gives Paul some specific instructions to say something, and I would call a little bit harsh to somebody. Verse four, the two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine having that kind of confidence to write those kind of words? Went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. They've been sent off. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. Now this was the common practice that the early Christians would do. They were all Jews and they would come and proclaim the good news and what Jesus Christ came to do. John was with them as their helper. Verse six. They traveled through the whole island until they came to Paphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet named Bar-Jesus. When I read this this week, I was going, yep, there's, you, you know, just, just like some of the Mennonites, the Jews had a hard time coming up with new names, you know, like Peter and John and, you know, all those wonderful names that sometimes, and the Mennonites are such a tight group of people, that's why. The Jews were tight. And when the media comes on and say, we just found the grave of Jesus, I go, which Jesus was, was this Bar Jesus you're talking, who are you talking about? So here's Bar Jesus, he's a, he's a Jewish sorcerer and a false prophet, verse seven, who was an attendant of the proconsul, Sergius Paulus. The proconsul, listen to this, an intelligent man sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. Friends, God is drawing people. He doesn't wish that any should perish. But Elmas the sorcerer, for that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. Then Saul, who was called Paul, listen to this, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elmas and said, now, I don't think I'm at my hearing God level to be able to do something like this, but I sure long to be. You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. And I'm sad to say that some operate in the church with deceit and trickery and manipulation. Sometimes it's pastors. Verse 
Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Listen, though this is, I could never be this bold. Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind for a time, not even able to see the light of the sun. Immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw this, the intelligent man, when he saw what had happened, he believed, and he was amazed at the teaching of the Lord. I want to make a point here. I love scripture and doctrine, don't get me wrong. But when God's people are led by the Holy Spirit, through the scriptures, through doctrine, when we start hearing his voice and start to discern what's him and not him, when we start having a fellowship with each other to really begin to move forward, can you imagine the intelligent people coming to faith in Christ? Bottom line, those who oppose the gospel will experience trouble. You may or may not know that the Bible has one exception for a sin not to be forgiven. Does anybody know what it's called? What? Pardon? Blaspheming the Holy Spirit, the unpardonable sin. Uh, I, I started thinking about that this week as I was studying this text, and I, I revisited it, and I looked at it, and it's in Mark chapter 28, and it's an encounter that Jesus has with uh, some Pharisees, and, and it's after he does some healing, and, and they start accusing him of where his power is coming from, and he says, truly I say to you, Jesus' words, all sins will be forgiven the children of man, and whoever blasphemes, blasphemies they utter, but who, did you hear that? So we can be blasphemous, we can be against God, and that'll be forgiven. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of eternal sin. But is guilty of eternal sin. Now I want to point out, this is Jesus speaking before the cross. In case you're worried, have I done that one unpardonable sin? And a lot of theologians will say, don't worry about this passage. But I want to just put a little bit of weight on it for a moment. I want to ask you, like Bar Jesus, be careful what you say. Now there's a lot of things that go on in the church that I don't like. There's a lot of TV preachers that drive me crazy. But I am not going to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. When I see sin, when I see error, I'm going to point that out. But usually it's just I don't like what they're claiming or what they're doing or what they're teaching. And I will, and oh, I love this. My wife's grandfather, Baptist preacher years ago, I said, how do I confront all the lies being taught? And he asked me a question. He said, well, how do people teach to, to recognize real money over fake money? They show them the real money and they examine it, they sniff it, they feel it, they look at it in the light. When you know the real thing, the lies will be exposed. So my wise grandfather said, preach the truth. Don't spend your time uh, bad-mouthing. Uh, there's some great preachers that I've loved for years, but I won't listen to one of them anymore because he spends so much time bad-mouthing other Christians and what they claim to be doing. Uh, like Jesus' little warning here, I just say to you, be really careful because when we stand against the gospel, when we stand against the work of the Holy Spirit, you may come under judgment. I'm not gonna say you're gonna lose your salvation, but be really careful. 
when you start criticizing. So this week, I'm looking up this passage, and I did a little bit of a Google search, and I searched for the words, I gotta find them here. I searched the words Bible, um, speaking ill of others. And a couple of websites popped up. Be careful what websites you look at, by the way. But there was a couple that I knew were reputable. And I looked them up, and there are so many verses warning about doing what Bar-Jesus did, about speaking badly of Christians, of others, and the work they're doing. And I, friends, by the way, can be somewhat, I've slid over to that line a little bit. And I'm just telling you, be very careful. And and I pray someday I will have such a a presence of the Holy Spirit and such a discernment of God that I could speak some bold stuff to people. You know, you're a child of the devil. Uh, You're gonna be blind for a time. I mean, that would be wonderful. But in the meantime, as I'm learning that, I just say to us in the pew, let's be careful what we say with our mouths. Let's be really careful. God, might, there might be somebody that's a little bit out there for you in our church or a church in town that's a little bit out there. Just be careful. You don't want to criticize what the Holy Spirit may be doing. So moving down to verse 38 now, the next whole passage is how they begin to preach the gospel. Paul begins to preach to the Jews. And, and he goes right back to David and he, he, he uses things that they know to help them get to the point of understanding who Jesus is. But we're gonna skip all over that because I wanna focus in verse 38 because I want you to understand that you can be set free from sin, especially when I throw a heavy on you about blaspheming the Holy Spirit. But listen to verse 38. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know I think whenever the scripture says that, we should listen. That through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. Now back four weeks ago, I talked about this a little bit. There's an old covenant all the Mosaic laws and everything to do with that, now there's a new covenant. And we are saved through Jesus, not through our works, lest any man should boast. Be careful when you throw around Old Testament verses, by the way, because that's been fulfilled, that's done. But we have a justification that we were not able to get under the law of Moses. Verse 40, take care that what the prophets have said does not happen to you. I read that and I thought, hmm, I wonder what that is. Listen to this. Look, you scoffers. This kind of goes back to that whole blaspheming the Holy Spirit and this goes back even to the text talking about Bar-Jesus. Look, you scoffers, wonder and perish. I can almost see the people sitting back, hearing the gospel of Jesus going, hmm, Hmm. Wonder and perish, the text says, for I'm going to do something in your days that you would never believe, even if someone told you. As Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, the people invited them to speak further about these things on the next Sabbath. 
when the congregation was dismissed, many of the Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas who talked with him and urged them to continue in the grace of God. Let me just reiterate this. Salvation, changed hearts, changed lives. Hearing from God starts with a simple act. It, it's a simple act, but it's probably the toughest act that you could do. I mean, it talks about forgiveness of sins, but before you get forgiveness of sins, you have to admit or realize that you have sins. Have you noticed how the world is trying to get rid of every single sin that the scriptures lay out? I don't care what it is. It's like, well, you know, he, he drinks too much, and, and, you know, it is a disease, and I understand it's a struggle, but, but or, or he overeats too much, or we could go on to the story, or, or he sleeps around too much, or, or they're living together, they're just trying it out, or, and we could go on, and, and the world's just saying, oh, don't judge anybody, let's, let's just love everybody. What the world needs is love, more love. Oh, and we desperately do need more love, but friends, there are things in this world that we are, in our DNA, we are not designed to live like. And God isn't being cruel when he tells us not to do certain things. He's trying to help our souls from being destroyed. If you want to have changed hearts, changed lives, you need to believe in Jesus. You need to start listening to his Holy Spirit and setting aside some discipline time. In other words, I don't mean you're spanking yourself. I mean, you need to set aside some fasting, some prayer time, some worship time. Alone maybe in the mountains where there's no social media and it almost killed me. Four days almost made me vibrate. And we've got to move there, people. You must admit your need for forgiveness. And I'm sorry, but society is wrong in the normalizing of all the sins that they're doing. Verse nine, I'm not sure why this text here. We'll jump down to verse 44. Final point four. We have to be careful not to reject God's will for us. Verse 44, on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Don't you hate that when you read your notes and you realize something's amiss, something's wrecked, something's crooked? Well, I just got to that point. First time back, and that had to happen to me. I'm gonna go home and weep and cry. Maybe I'll go find that bear and let it eat me. Anyway, <laughs> point number four, careful not to reject God's will for you. Verse 44, on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Wow. Something's gonna happen that you can't even believe. When the Jews saw the crowd, they were filled with jealousy. They began to contradict what Paul was saying and they heaped abuse on him. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. We had to speak the word of God to you first. Listen to this. Since you rejected, this is Holy Spirit words, since you rejected and do not consider yourselves worthy, kind of putting it on, their lap in their court since you don't consider yourselves worthy of eternal life we now turn to the Gentiles for this is what the Lord has commanded us I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may 
bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord, and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. Wow. A week ago, we had 37 kids pray to receive Christ in this church. I was one of those kids years ago that a church reached out to. It was actually my neighbor in their backyard. And then a Lutheran church reached out to me. And then a Lions church reached out to me. And I'm a result of a church listening to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Verse 49, the word of the Lord spread through the whole region. By the way, this is the prophecy back to Acts 1.8 where it's going to be in Samaria, Judea, and to the ends of the earth. And if you follow through the book of Acts, you're going to see this just incredible story. But the Jewish leaders, verse 50, incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. So again, I believe filled by the Holy Spirit, they shook the dust off their feet as a warning to them and went to Iconium. And the disciples, listen to this, this is, I mean, they just have had persecution. They've just had a difficult time. They literally have had, this was kind of a tradition where they would shake the dust off their feet when somebody was being crazy. And listen to this, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Friends, there does seem to be a point where God says, I've had enough of trying to reach you. Sodom and Gomorrah were those type of places. Their sin rose to such a stench to God's nostrils that he actually, well, I I love the King James, he smited them or something like that. And there does seem to be a point where the Jews, and we know from reading the book of Romans that God's still trying to reach the Jews, But there does seem to come a point where God says, okay, I've had enough of that. I'm going to go work on some receptive people. What do we need to be concerned about? Have you been receptive to God? I've watched some of my family who had an interest in Jesus, and they kind of, I wouldn't say they walked away, they just kind of drifted away from the faith. And over the years, their understanding and their growth and their leading by the Holy Spirit got less and less and less. I think what's happening is God is such a gentleman, he doesn't force anybody, even the Jews, to come to Jesus. And he's going to go spend his time on people that will hear him. So if you're here today, I believe that it's a God-appointed moment and God wants you to grow and to hear him and to respond and to be led by his Holy Spirit, filled by his Holy Spirit and doing things that his Holy Spirit has called you to do. When I was growing up, I had a Christian friend. He was actually a Pentecostal, so you'd think this guy should have known all this stuff about the Holy Spirit, but I can remember sitting around with him doing stuff that wasn't good maybe doing some, well, we won't go into what it was, but he would look at me and say, in his drug and alcohol-induced stupor, he would look at me and say, someday, I'm going to get my heart right with God, and I'm going to marry me a Christian girl, and I'm going to serve the Lord. 
Well, I followed that friend for years, and he had a marriage to a non-Christian girl that ended up being a real bad train wreck. Uh, and then he finally, and I think it was 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, he finally turned it around. And he's living for the Lord, last I heard. And I say to you, I don't know, did God just kind of walk away from him for a time? Uh, just like Paul says, like, you don't consider yourself worthy. Well, you are worthy. Jesus wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He wants to fill you. He wants to change your heart and your life. He wants your mind to be transformed, not conforming like the patterns of this world. So in conclusion, point number one. When did the Holy Spirit last lead you? When did the Holy Spirit last lead you? Somebody this week said, a lot of people just seem to be so afraid of, what if it's Satan that's talking? Well, that's why we read our Bibles. That's why we have trusting Christian friends. Uh, yeah, Satan can implant really heinous stuff. Usually it's really obvious. It's usually vengeful, hateful, angry, getting even. It's usually pretty straight up, but sometimes he's so crafty. But friends, don't disregard what the Holy Spirit wants you to do and to lead you in. If it's been days or weeks, please take time to listen. Practice a spiritual discipline. Spend some time in, in, in praise. I notice I, I just got a deal for a satellite radio for a whole year for 20 bucks or whatever it was. And so now I can go anywhere, even at a cabin in a mountain. And I can put on praise music. And I can sit there and I, I can maybe even stop eating for a time, which is really hard for me to do, but I, I could stop eating for a time and, and let all the blood flow go to my brain and be so receptive to him. When was the last time you did that? Point number two, deceit and trickery are from a fallen nature. You know that. It's from our, our brokenness that we start to behave and cut down and get jealous and, and say, oh, they're just a bunch of heretics or, or that pastor doesn't know what he's doing. And I know we're Canadians. <laughs> I had one American pastor friend who spent some time in Canada. And I said, so, so what do you think of Canadians? We're so polite, right? He goes, yeah. I said, what do you mean by, yeah? He said, well, actually, you guys are passive-aggressive. You smile to my face and then you stab me in the back later. You're deceitful. He didn't say that, but he implied that. Use trickery and deceit. Let's not be like that. Romans, Matthew 18 is so clear. If you've got a, a problem with a pastor, you've got a problem with another Christian, go and talk to them. Don't talk around about them. Don't speak ill of them. Do that Google search, have fun with that. Point number three, let me ask it honestly. Are you born again? Now, John 3, when it's describing being born again, it, it has a real sense of like, actually going through birth. And I believe from John 3, and there's another passage in 1 John that talks about being born again, I believe born again is a time and place where it happens. And maybe you have a mother that's told you when it happened, it happened when you were so young. But I want to encourage you that you need to know that somewhere, someplace, that spark of God was placed in you. That you said, I believe. If you haven't done that and you don't know when you were born again, today's the time. 
Maybe God's put you on the shelf for a long time because of where your heart was at, and you're here this morning, and I want to say to you and ask you, are you born again? Do you believe? Do you want to start the journey? Do you want your soul wounds to be healed? Fourth and finally, opportunity will pass you by. Choose this day. Christian or not, choose this day to follow Jesus. Let's bow and pray. Heavenly Father, Wow, the book of Acts is so powerful. I long to be able to hear from the Holy Spirit like these early Christians did and this early church did. And oh my goodness, they they weren't steeped in the word like we are in doctrine like we are. They don't have knowledge and books and context like we do. But yet they did such incredible, powerful things. A whole city was stirred up wanting to know more about what these guys were doing. And I just pray in the name of Jesus that not just this church, but every church in Grand Prairie would would start to come alive one by one. Individuals in the church would start hearing the voice of God, would start listening to your Holy Spirit, would start acting and behaving boldly, would start being in fellowship with one another, would start being on their knees fasting and praying and letting the Holy Spirit speak to them. And God, for some of us, it's been a long time. We have been religious going through the motions, but we have not spent any time at all letting you lead us. We could cite Calvin's Institutes. Some of us could quote verse after verse after verse, but we have not let your Holy Spirit lead us in a long time. And so God, if there's somebody here today that they have not yet believed, would they choose this day to follow you? For I know you will not be patient for long. You do not wish that any should perish, but it looks like from Scripture that you will uh, take your time and go work with people that want to be worked with. And I think we see that in nations where, where some nations seem to just come so en masse to you and other nations seem to be dark for literally centuries and then all of a sudden the gospel opens up. All of a sudden their hearts seem to change. And then God, you come so boldly and powerfully in the church. So God, help us in the coming weeks individually to take time with you, to to hear your voice, to be in fellowship, whether it's life groups or or prayer groups or men's studies or ladies' studies. And let us be in your word. Let us be on our knees in prayer. Let us be fasting. Uh, Let us, God, uh, spending time in worship, whether it's alone or in groups, and let us hear from you, God. We, We want you, God, to lead us as a church. I am so utterly thrilled and excited about the Hearing God this series series coming this fall. I'm even as much or more excited about the set free that we're going to have in January. God, you are doing a work in our church. You have stirred my heart like it has never been stirred before. You have built upon the foundations that I've been growing in for years. And you want to do the same to every person here. There's a lot of maturity here that needs to be fanned to flame. God, Holy Spirit, fanned to flame some maturity. We bend our knees. We say we are sinners, broken people. And we are in need of a Savior. And we are in need of the Holy Spirit to lead us. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen.